you know, it's going to be hard. You shouldn't take too much on your plate if you want to do things. Now, like, as I look at it in life, you can never get something done at uh, 100% perfection. Sometimes doing something at 80% is good enough, and you have to be okay with that. Blake Ross, founder of Firefox. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook. Steve Jobs, creator of Apple. Three young and successful entrepreneurs. People tend to see teens as angsty, rude, and irritable, when in reality, teens can be some of the most successful and creative people. Welcome to Now I'm Here podcast. This podcast aims to teach the younger generations that no matter your age, the possibility of success is within arm's reach. All you need is a little perseverance and a strategic mindset. Like Walt Disney said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Dare to dream. Now to our host, Sydney Jacobs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Now I'm Here. I'm your host, Sydney Jacobs. Today, I'm accompanied by Adi Sadak, the founder of Cozy Corner. Adi, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Cozy Corner? Sure. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, The Cozy Corner is a tie-dye apparel business that I founded over this past summer when the pandemic hit. Um, A little bit about myself. So I guess I can start with kind of my childhood to give a little bit of background information. So I was born in Israel. Both my parents uh, immigrated here when I was like nine months old. And right now, both of them are entrepreneurs. So my mom is a self-made artist and my dad is a software developer. So I think growing up, seeing like their drive and determination and being able to create like a financially stable business really kind of instilled those values into me growing up. And then carried forward in my life and in my decisions to create my own business. So I uh, enrolled in Schulich, graduated a couple months ago. Um, I took a lot of entrepreneurship courses in that time. And I kind of like networked with a lot of startups, um, a lot of people who were founders of startup companies and was inspired by their journey and learned from their failures and kind of applied those skills uh, to my life. So Um, Should I talk about the cozy corner, like how I started or? Yeah, for sure. So basically, there was this massive uh, tie-dye trend um, that hit once the pandemic kind of like took over our lives and everyone was in lockdown. So I decided to ride the wave. And basically how I got involved was I looked at these tie-dye sets and I told myself, you know, they're super awesome. These companies are probably making a lot of money. I'm pretty artistic because my mom is an artist, so I can just do it myself at home. I have the time. Thankfully, I have the resources to do so. Um, And that's exactly what I did. So I created a set for myself. I created some for my family and friends. And slowly, it gained a lot of traction. Um, And I realized that, you know, I've always wanted to apply, like, my entrepreneurship skills. So now is really the time to start while I have, like, no liabilities, no kids. Can, you know, I can like fail, <laughs> learn from it, whatever it may yeah. be, um, and uh, kick it off from there before I had my full-time position. Okay. So once I kind of like started gaining more eyes on my brand, I told myself that I can turn it into a business. And I actually started by pricing these sets at a really low price, like 50 bucks for top and bottom, because I thought that would help me kind of set my set apart from the competition, set myself apart. Um, People were selling their sets for like 90 bucks, 100 bucks. And I told, like, I looked at it in the perspective of differentiating by price. 
Um, later on, I realized, you know, it's pretty cheap and I want to gain more financial reward for the work that I'm putting in. So I had to kind of pivot that business strategy and with demand, you know, obviously prices rose because I couldn't balance so many things at once. Um, I felt like my time wasn't being valued as much as it could be. And I increased my prices and, you know, I kind of put all these sets on Instagram. Um, the way that I kind of put my name out there was by gifting these sets to influencers. And I felt like that was a big hit in like the marketing uh, side of the business. Um, and from there, I kind of like gained more followers and more attention to my page. So when you raised your price, did you see uh, that demand lowered specifically due to price? That's a good question. I definitely think that it became less accessible financially for girls that are like 12 to 15 years year old. And my target demographic did shift from like 16 to 30 year olds. So I was also seeing a lot of moms interested in my page. Interesting. That's, that's very interesting. So when you were really starting out Cozy Corner, what do you think was like the hardest part to really get on your feet and, and make a name for yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the hardest part was being able to get those initial customers um, and ensure that the supply, my supplier was like of good quality and was reliable. So in the beginning, like when I had sold one set, um, and I started getting more demand, I had to increase the quantity of, of clothing that I like bought from my supplier. But when my supplier didn't have that quantity, I had to look at different suppliers. And little did I know that the different suppliers like varied in the quality. And sometimes I found that the quality was much poorer than, you know, what I had advertised. So it was kind of like juggling between how do I ensure that my customers are satisfied and there was a lot of back-end work to ensure that like the quality control was great. Um, there was definitely a lot of trial and error because I found that like, you know, some sets didn't come out the same as other sets. So it was a lot of sunk costs in that sense. Um, of course, I couldn't sell something of lower quality to my customers. So that was a big issue. But now you feel like you figured it out a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. I uh, did. I was like up so many nights trying to find suppliers for sweatsuits. It's insane. The demand is like so high. It's so hard to find. Um, like either people are sold out or I have to buy from the States or you're looking at China. And, you know, you never know how the quality is going to be when you buy it from like China overseas. It could take forever to the product to, for the product to arrive. Um, but now, thankfully, my supplier is in the States. So you do everything by yourself. It's it's all run by you. Yeah. Wow. It's a one-man okay. show. <laughs> and you also have a full-time job right now, correct? Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I just started two months ago at General Mills, which is for people who don't know, it's like the company who owns Lucky Charms, Cheerios, Liberté, um, all the cool fun stuff. So I work in sales in the company. Um, my role is kind of split into two positions. For half of the week, I go out on the field um, trying to sell in display space in the grocery stores. So sometimes you'll walk into, let's say, a no frills and you'll see a bunch of pallets of like Cheerios on the floor and that aren't on the home shelf. So it might seem very like subliminal and, you know, you don't really pay attention to it, but there's a lot of back end work 
to ensure that those pallets are there from our company. That's half the job. Um, the other half of the job is working internally on account teams. Specifically, I'm on the Loblaw side of the sales team. So <laughs> I work with the team to ensure that the proper information is relayed down to uh, the sales reps from the accounts to, like, to the people who work on the floor. Because sometimes there can be like confusion on what promos are going on. So I'm kind of the liaison between those two uh, groups of people in the business. And what's your favorite GM product? Oh, my God. <laughs> if you could choose one. Um, I consider myself like a healthy person. So I know everything we kind of sell is it's like very sweet. But my like weak spot, I'd say it's like the Pillsbury um, cinnamon rolls. Those are really good. No one messes good. with the Doughboy. Dough yeah, they're the best. And you're working full time, so it must be really hard to keep up Cozy Corner at the same time. So how do you balance the two of those right now? Yeah, definitely. So it is pretty difficult. I find myself um, mostly working on these sets on the weekends when I have free time because I don't let it interfere with my nine to five job. I know that I have to, you know, I, I, they're paying me for the job. So like I, I dedicate my 110% self to that. So it's normally in the evenings um, that I would work on it. However, like it, it definitely is difficult because you have to answer your customers and you also have to make sure that you have an online presence. So it, could, it, it gets very easy to get lost in um, your day-to-day -day job that you're not focusing, I'm not focusing all my efforts, you know, on Instagram. And that's something that kind of lags behind because I need to make sure that I'm creating content all the time and that I, my name is still out there and I'm not disappearing from my customers. So would you say like time management is one of the biggest problems and difficulties that you have right now running your own business? Yeah, it's definitely difficult. And like, what are the like tactics that you're using to conquer this? Because I know a lot of students are also having similar problems trying to juggle maybe out of school activities with their school. So it's, it's not the same, but it, it could be similar in terms of time management. So what are some of like your tips that you're using to conquer it? Yeah, I think the most important thing is like what my boss tells me is to, to prioritize my priorities, right? So I have to make sure that everything from General Mills gets done first, um, and that I work on my own business second. And the way that I kind of arrange it is by looking at what are the most important and pressing tasks and the biggest tasks like that I need to get done and being able to block off 25 minutes, uh, 25 minute intervals of your time with absolutely no distractions, whether it be your cell phone, your laptop, any type of electronics really, really takes away from that, that mind being in the zone of getting things done. So I actually bought this planner from Indigo, highly recommend free promo. It's, uh, it's called the productivity planner. Basically you arrange your tasks based on importance and you kind of plan out how, how long it will take you to complete. Um, they use the Pomodoro technique. Are you familiar with the Pomodoro technique? I am not. No, okay. I know what Pomodoro pasta is. I think that's a thing. <laughs> that's the best. I wish it just came with pasta, but no, it does not. So you basically have to look at your time in uh, 25 minute intervals and a five minute interval in between um, getting your tasks done. So you have circles that you have to mark off. Once you're done those 25 minutes, you know that you've completed that set uh, of time in your schedule. You can take a five minute break and then get back into those 25 minute intervals. But before you start, you have to pr like plan out how long you think it'll, it'll take you. 
if you think it'll take you three intervals, you jot down the number three, and then you compare it to the actual result. How long did it take you at the end? If it took you four intervals, okay, it might have taken you a little bit more time. Or if you beat your, what you planned and you did it in two intervals, that's even better. At the end of the day, you look at these tasks and you never move on to the second task until you're done the first one. So that way you kind of keep a focus on what needs to get done and it ensures that you hold yourself accountable. But of course, piece of paper won't hold yourself accountable. You kind of have to have that mindset that you're, you're not going to scatter around and jump back and forth. And then at the end of the day, you, you rank yourself on how productive you are on a scale of one to 10 and you try to be as honest as possible and work towards how you can, you know, plan that out for the following days. So time management is a big thing. And when you started Cozy Corner seven months ago, like a lot of other people, they were starting up little businesses during uh, the pandemic to try to do something over the summer with their free time. But where was the decision that you decided to continue it with your full-time job? Because a lot of people stopped once school and once September started. So why did you continue? Where was that drive coming from? Yeah, I love that question, actually. Um, I didn't see a need to stop. I, I, I heard from a lot of friends, you know, and sometimes even family telling me, like, you know, it's going to be hard. You shouldn't take too much on your plate if you want to do things um, well. Now, like, as I look at it in life, you can never get something done at uh, 100% perfection. Sometimes doing something at 80% is good enough and you have to be okay with that. So being okay with getting things at 80% of, you know, your expectations is enough. Yeah, you have to put yourself in the mindset that it will suffice because if I go out and say, you know, I can spend hours trying to get the cozy corner at my 100% perfect vision, but nothing is ever 100%. So just having the mindset of knowing that you can carry things forward without it being as perfect as you want it to be will help you balance more things on your plate. And it will kind of, it, it keeps me driven to continuously put product and, you know, content out there. Do you see Cozy Corner ever being your full-time job or is it more just going to be a side hustle for you? Like right now, it's a side hustle. Um, I, I don't know where I'll be in like five years. I, I know that I, I'm really passionate about owning something that's mine and being a self-starter. So I do like to have, you know, my own business on the side. And of course, I love General Mills, so it's too early to tell. So let's attack the strengths and your failures of your company. So if you could pick three of the biggest failures or flaws that you've seen from when you started to now, what would they be? So I think uh, one of the flaws was that when I made my first set and I put it out there on the internet, it was really difficult to replicate it. And I noticed that, you know, people were buying it, but I, I didn't test the waters enough to be able to understand my technique. So sometimes I found myself lost in, oh my God, like shit, I don't remember how I did this design. And then I would kind of go wasting a product because, you know, I had to fulfill an order, but I didn't know how to fulfill it. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. I think what I would do differently is, you know, uh, test several times, have like that repetitive process before you start giving people something that you are not 100% set on the recipe of how you got there. So it's planning and making sure that everything is perfect before you really introduce it to customers. Yeah, exactly. And 
you sell your clothing on Instagram at The Cozy Corner, and you can also buy it on your website, thecozycorner.com. What would you say is your favorite set and or product that you sell? Because you have sets, you have sweatshirts, crop tops, you also have a few shirts I saw, masks. So what is your favorite things that you sell? Um, my favorite is the cappuccino set. I find that it's like, because it's, you know, black, it kind of goes with anything. And no matter if you're like, you know, on your period, you just don't want to be out of the house. No one can see you. <laughs> That's totally cool. Or uh, if you just want to lounge anywhere, really, you're going out on the streets to get like a cup of coffee. This is something you can just slip on. Um, and it goes with every, like, it's a perfect outfit that can go with any jacket, any shoes, and it just fits really comfy. So that's definitely my favorite. Some more difficulties that you've seen. So we've had making sure that everything is perfect before you go out, making sure that you really know what you're doing. What are some other things that you've seen? Funnily enough, I actually had a scammer. So <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> um, there, there was this like girl who, was, um, who ordered from me about $500 worth on my site, which kind of raises a red flag. Who's buying $500 worth um, of my product, you know? And the check that she paid with, you know, didn't even go through. And I received a lot of messages from this same person on Instagram nagging me and literally exploding my page with uh, insults and with uh, like trying to discredit, you know, my company um, online, trying to like, you know, force me to send her the clothing before the, e the check even came through. Um, I experienced like her like harassing me from different accounts and even sending out false information to influencers who had about 20,000 followers and believed her. So once these influencers believed her, you know, they started posting negative stuff about me, which was completely false. And having that, you know, negative words spread is extremely damaging to any brand. Of course, you know, the check didn't go, I didn't send her anything. The check didn't even come through. So it was a big scam. And I had to reach out to those influencers to explain that, you know, that whatever they're being told is not even in question, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't even make any sense. So they immediately like deleted their posts. Um, but it was extremely like difficult time for someone who's trying to start out for the reputation to be damaged like this when it takes so long to build. Yes, because reputation and relationships are so important when you're trying to build a company and for all that to have just been gone so quickly, it must have been very devastating for you to have seen and to watch it all like almost crumble in your hands and like luckily you were able to like catch it and, and stop it, but that could have been detrimental to the future of Cozy Corner. Mm -hmm, exactly. Everybody has flaws, everybody has things that they could grow from, but what would you say were some of the best things that, that you did with Cozy Corner that if you did it again, you would do it the exact same way? Oh, wow. Um, the best things. I think an ongoing thing that I love is just the fact that I'm able to make other people like happy and satisfied. So, you know, when my customers get their sets, then just hearing how much they love it and seeing pictures of them wearing it, it it's really self-fulfilling. It does make me happy to know that a product that I created is being enjoyed by other people. And I also love the fact that I was actually... I actually had some girl who was a YouTuber with a million subscribers buy from me. Wow. And uh, I didn't even know she was like some famous person. Her name is Naomi, uh, Kiana Naomi or something. And yeah, she had like a million followers and she bought from me. 
I sent her the product and then I noticed that like I started getting Instagram messages like, hey, I saw your video on Kiana's YouTube. Like, can you ship to XYZ, like South Africa or like around the world? So it's really awesome to see how like one message can, you know, reach people globally. And that like I didn't even know that this person was famous. And just by her posting a video on YouTube with my sweatsuit, I had like maybe 3,000 visitors on my uh, my website in like one day and the day before you know it was at like 50 so it's just insane to see like the opportunities that can arise yeah that's that really shows the power of influencers and how beneficial they really are to promoting brands and brand success Mm -hmm. so you've done a lot of promotion and giving away products to influencers and this could be seen as like a loss leader you're trying to see the long-term benefits of your company a loss leader for people who don't know. It's a pricing strategy where a product is sold at a price below the market cost. Sometimes it's even just given away. It's to simulate more sales of the goods so that you can have more profit in the future. So do you think that this was a good thing overall for your company? Clearly it was. You've seen so much success from it. But do you know the like numbers of how much you've lost versus how much revenue you've made in return from it or not specifically? It's a good question. Um, I'd say that the reward is also intangible. So it's not just looking at numbers and how much sales that I got, but it's looking at, you know, a, a customer awareness of my brand. If I given a product to an influencer and they they are showcasing my brand. Um, yes, I definitely lost money on that because, uh, you know, they got it for free, but you have to lose money to make money. And if anyone's going to be starting their business, they need to know, you know, to put in the money or else they won't be able to make it. In terms of like costs and finances, I would say that, let's say I gave it to one influencer, then I'd have five sales from her on average uh, using like a code that I would give them that's affiliated with my brand. So overall, yes, it's worth it. But the greater benefit aside from the financial reward is the fact that more people are aware of your brand and that you kind of have that exposure starting out. Yeah, brand awareness. You don't know how many people could have followed you from their posts and maybe in the future see a product that they want to purchase. So it's definitely not just based on direct numbers. Exactly. Did you have any influencers that passed up on the offer or were they all pretty down to participate? I actually had a lot of them reach out to me. So (laughs) because uh, when you send it to one influencer, then all the influencers who follow this influencer also want free stuff. So they reach out to you kind of like to get uh, clothing. And if it's a, if it's a match, if I see that their profile aligns with my audience, then yeah, I definitely give them stuff. Are there any like big names that the listeners would know? Uh, who you give stuff to? Or <laughs> yeah. So I gave uh, to Nitsan Ryder. Oh. Um, yeah. So she's like a Toronto influencer with her, like 200,000 followers. And Also, some influencers in uh, Montreal, a girl named Bia, Beatrice. And yeah, another girl named Erin, who's from Toronto. Uh, She's more of like a lifestyle and kind of like fashion influencer, I would say. And then there's a a lot of other small ones. So my friend named Daniela Polishuk, she just started her own uh, page. She has around 2,500 followers. But I find that these micro influencers often have a larger impact on their followers than the larger larger ones. Hmm. Interesting. 
And have you worked with them, any of them, more than one time? Ever send them stuff again or? Yeah, so I would definitely shout out Daniela. Yeah, her, her Instagram page is Danny.Polishuk. And she's one of my really close friends. And of course, I give her stuff so that it can benefit both of our brands because, you know, we have that connection with one another. So another big thing that seems to be really important for you is your brand marketing and your image, especially. And for you to grow and have success in the future, this is something that's really important. So how do you see your future with brand marketing going? And what do you think you must focus on to really see success in this area? So how I see it growing, I really want to the Cozy Corner to be a global brand where people are buying my product and they're like, oh my God, I'm wearing the Cozy Corner. And, you know, they kind of like show it off. Um, Marketing is a really big deal. And I'm kind of, I would say a little behind on that because I have to juggle two jobs. So it's definitely a place that I need to work on. Um, A strategy or or something I just recently implemented was um, my logo on patches. So I bought these in order to brand my clothing so that, you know, it's not just a tie-dye piece, but it's a tie-dye piece from the cozy corner. And that way, when people see the logo, they affiliate, associate, associate exactly with that, with my brand. So two questions here. Why don't you think of hiring someone else to help you? Because if you're trying to juggle it, if, and if you want to see the success, wouldn't it be easier if you had someone else? That's a good question. Um, I think that's something I will do in the future. I think that right now, because I'm new to my General Mills job and I'm only working there for two months, it is a bit more difficult to try and find someone and to teach them and to make sure the processes are correct. But that's definitely something I'm open to, you know, come the next couple of months. In regards to tie dye, a big trend right now is also split hoodies. So have you not seen split hoodies? What are they? are they? So they are clothing that is like split in half or like diagonally or some way it's like multiple colors coming together. You've never seen that trend. Are you talking about just a design that's like half one color, half another? Yeah, but it's like it's like you take a normal hoodie, like you take a blue hoodie and a green hoodie and then they like cut it down the middle and then they'll stitch them together and make it one. Oh, no, I haven't seen this. This oh is God. why I need more people in my company. <laughs> you, you should look that up because that, that's a really big trend going on right now that a lot of people are doing. Um, and I was going to ask you about that, but you don't know. So you should take a look. I know there's a few companies. Unexpected has some really good ones. They're really popular. VSR, Vintage Stock Repair or something. They do like thrift store and they, they do split hoodies and stuff. So that... That you should take a look at to maybe see some more influencers are very into split hoodies. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I'll take a look at that for sure. So you've had experience working in the corporate world, a little bit of experience working for GM as you are just a recent graduate. And now you've also had a chance to really be an entrepreneur for yourself. Now, do you see that there's anything that you learned from your job at GM that you apply to Cozy Corner or vice versa? Good question. I love both so much. What I noticed is that because I'm, I'm running my own startup company, sales is a really big factor involved. And at my job, like my role is a sales development associate. So there's definitely a lot of overlap there. I think that what, I, what is transferable between the two is the fact that you need to build personal relationships. Me with my customers, you know, with the Cozy Corner and at General Mills with the managers of the grocery stores. 
So having that personable and uh, kind of like relationship building skills is definitely something that goes hand in hand at both jobs. Yeah, and that, that definitely benefits you. Someone that doesn't have that would be really set behind. And it's almost like the fact that you're working with such a big company, you're getting so much more experience working with other people, um, customers, and the interactions, which you wouldn't have necessarily through a brand online. So you're really getting that in-person and online, the chance to talk to other people. But in regards to the future, which path would you want to take? Would you want to see yourself working your way up in the corporate world or would you want to see yourself being an entrepreneur? You've said you want to be a self-starter and do something for yourself, but do you really think that that's something that you want even with your position at GM? I mean, they give you a car. That's that's pretty good. Oh man, it's a hard question. It's really hard to tell. I mean, I feel like I won the lottery with General Mills. 100% hands down, they are the best company to work for. Um, the amount of perks that I get from the company are really hard to match if you're, a, you know, like a, a... Do you get cinnamon buns whenever you want? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we get free samples of the newest product, which is amazing. Um, so, so, like, of course, when you're an entrepreneur, nothing is uh, guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to make a salary during the year. You're not guaranteed, you know, to have a car or have the health insurance benefits or to have the opportunities for growth like you do in, you know, corporate worlds. So I can definitely appreciate like the benefits of both jobs. It's hard. I, I, can't, I can't say one or the other at this point in time. But for now, you think you see yourself doing both? together yeah, at the same time yeah and if you could say one thing about starting your own company what would that be one tip of advice to someone who's interested in starting it what would it be I think it's gonna sound really cheesy but being able to believe in yourself without belief you have absolutely there is no way you're going to be successful zero having that belief though is not enough you have to be able to take action and to be dedicated to what you're doing so if you're going to start a business, no matter what it be, as crazy as it might sound to your friends, if you believe in the idea, then you'll be able to take it great places, 100% guaranteed. The, the way that you go about it, though, is extremely important. So yes, you can believe in yourself and say you believe in yourself, but if you don't take action on those thoughts, nothing's going to happen. And of course, I think it's very important to have a network of people who are resourceful. So of course, you need like a, a financial investment. Even if you don't have the finances, I'm sure there are ways that you can gain them, whether it be like GoFundMe. What's that one site online uh, where people can basically pay for the product that they see that you're advertising? That way you get the funds and then they ship you the product. Quick, quick start, fix start. Oh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, Kickstarter. Yeah. The launch a Kickstarter campaign. And I think it's being very open-minded and being able to take criticisms um, with your ego aside. So you might say something is the best idea because you believe in it. Great. Number one, you accomplish the, the fact that you believe in yourself, but you have to make sure that there's, you know, a need for it in the, in the market. So, of course, you don't, you don't want to be your sole customer. You want to make sure you make money out of it. So that's something that, to keep in mind. So if we're talking about criticism, you've worked with me for the last week trying to plan this podcast. What would you say some criticism to the way that I did things? <laughs> um, I think it was okay, I think it was great. A piece of advice. 
the way that maybe you could have approached me even better. Um, honestly, it's hard to say because you're so young and you're so ambitious, so it's so great. Maybe instead of me asking for the questions, you could have given me some questions to think about in advance. But really, sure. no complaints. That's all that I have for you today. Mm-hmm. So let's just drop uh, where people can find your products. So everyone, you can go find at the Cozy Corner on Instagram or thecozycorner.com online. Cozy with an I, C-O-Z-I Corner on Instagram, the Cozy Corner or the C-O-Z-I Corner.com is her website. She ships worldwide and you should really go check out her website. She has sweatsuits, crop tops, a few t-shirts, oversized t-shirts, and she also has masks. So you should really go check that out if you're into the tie-dye trend. It is a really good site and there's some really good handmade products all by Adi. And you've had the chance to hear about the process and to really hear about the person who's making it. So you should all really go take a look. And once again, I'm your host, Sydney Jacobs. And thanks so much for listening to Now I'm Here podcast.